welcome in to another edition of the award-winning podcast, 30 Rack of Sports. Yes, this podcast, award winners, blue chip awards on Thursday, best professional podcast, 30 Rack of Sports. So thank you so much to all you out there that listen and uh, allow us to work through some kinks although this was just our third episode that we got an award for so yeah this was, just that think was about a marathon episode the old three hour one yeah one of those old where we just would go go now we now we kind of uh condense it yeah condense yeah. it so to, it's you, you gotta get it within you folks those... can digest it a little easier well instead of just dragging it out we give you all the sports news right away all right so we got a lot of good stuff coming up on this show we've got some trivia of course we're talking football we're talking Oktoberfest as we get ready here, but talking college and the big Thursday night game. But of course, for the introductions, my name is Greg. I'm the talent. I run things around here. Keep these two yeah. fellows in line. One of these fellows to my right, a guy who's more excited for October 24th than the birth of his child coming up. <laughs> it's Zach. Zach, how are we doing today? Uh, oh, I'm doing you. good. Thanks, Greg. Uh, yeah, I am excited about October 24th, but I won't, I won't put it on that pedestal. Okay. I will, but that's just me. <laughs> also a guy that's on a pedestal. It's a pedestal of drinking 40s. A guy who must enjoy drinking 40s more than craft beer because of all of his terrible bets. To my left, it's the man on the ones and twos. It's Josh. Josh, none, how's that 40 None of that is today? true. None of that is true. <laughs> that is all false. I love craft beer. I'm so sad that I keep losing these, and you guys keep doing really good beers when I lose. <laughs> we do. We do this one. Yeah, we ones. got another great one coming up from Fatheads here in a second, but uh, we'll get into this more. But Josh is drinking a 40 of Colt 45. Lost uh, our 40 bet from the week. It was for the Browns-Bengals games. The uh, Bengals were the losers in that game, so Josh is now losing out on an opportunity to drink some I nice will speak for jo- Josh's behalf. It's funnier that he's the one who has to do it because I know out of the three of us, he's like, we all love craft, but he's the most into craft beer. So I just know this like kills him every time he it has does. to drink it really that. Does. Yeah, it's a lot better than like you and I would play it up a lot, but we would just suck that puppy oh, down. Yeah. Especially, I'll drink. Oh, I yeah. know. I, I'm, I'm, I cannot so. play up enough how devastated I am. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I cannot play up enough how excited I am that you have to drink it, mostly because. It was a Browns win. So we'll get into that real quick. But first, Zach and I are drinking some actual beer this week. Oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's cool. So the beer of the week that Zach and I will be enjoying this week is from Fathead's Brewery. Our Fathead episode, we were just uh, congratulated with an award from the Blue Chip Awards. So An award of some kind. Uh, best professional podcast through the Blue Chip Awards. So shout out to that. And Stiff thank you for... I think there's like a hundred other podcasts. Yeah, yeah, thousands maybe even. Way uh, to go to the other nominees. Yeah. No, we'll, no. We'll not, we're not going to worry about that. But uh, so the beer that we are drinking, since we are still in Oktoberfest, near the end of September, we are drinking Fathead Brewing's Gasufa. So it's their Oktoberfest. It's got on the top, it says Eins, Zwei, Drei, Gesufa, which means wow. one, two, three, drink. Look at, wow. you. Look at you. Look at you. Look at you. Brushing up. Are you fluent? I mean, he's, basically. Yeah, yeah, he's native, man. He's Maybe in this. We should do a whole show in German. That's fine. I All think right. he actually just like got seriously into, committed to our whole Oktoberfest thing, took like some I lessons so. and stuff. I mean, He doesn't have much of a life to speak for. So I, he's got you plenty did, to do. He's dedicated. He's dedicated. <laughs> 
Ich muss das Geschirrspulautomaten leer machen. How can it go? What does that mean? I must unload the dishwasher. Shout out to three oh, years of high school, Jeremy. Hey, look at you. Woo-wee. But uh, let's take a drink here. Try out this wonderful Oktoberfest. You didn't, you didn't, you barely refrigerated this, did you? I mean, I put it in the fridge once I got back. Yeah. Sorry. It tastes good, though. Even warm. It's got that, I mean, it's got that nice Oktoberfest taste to it. You get Malty. that nice malt to it. Yeah. Um, those of you not familiar with Fathead Brewing, up in Columbus, actually, Middleburg Heights, they have, like, a nice giant complex. I know yeah. there's some. It's awesome. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, like, the giant area. There's a bunch of food, restaurants, and whatnot in there. The only thing is I don't know how it's all going with, with you the, know, current times and whatnot. Right. But certainly if you get a chance to, to check it out up there, it is a very cool area. Because they used to just have, like, their mm-hmm. own little restaurant. And then they got this giant. I mean, you can see it right off the highway, right off 71 up there. So, Fatheads, uh, I mean, just a cool place. A lot of great beers. I mean, some of my favorites. But uh, very nice, I mean, on-style Oktoberfest. If you want something that's, you know, on the light side, but has it's a nice heavy. flavorful, you know, multi flavor to it. This is definitely one to try. Uh, from us, Josh, do you want to review how's that uh, how's that cold forty five treating you? Yeah, I'm zero two in the forty bets so far this year. It hurts. Um, I've been let down as as is the way of a Cincinnati sports fan. But it's very it's great. Like I said, malt liquor, still beer. Um, great, <laughs> sure. great on a Sunday afternoon of uh, losses. Very price effective. Yeah, so. yeah, only about Lost two. Effective. Yeah, only about two bucks. So, <laughs> whoa, yeah. Pick you, pick yourself up. Some. Bottom shelf stuff for uh, the losers of the forty. How bets. long did it take you to find? How many places did you go? Oh, uh, just one. I found oh. the spot the last time I lost the forty bet. Yeah. So you know. <laughs> I'm a regular at this <laughs> losing thing this guy's on the like, show. Man, the only person who buys these malt liquors is this guy, blonde haired dude, who comes in like once every month. Yeah, he's yeah. always wearing red ski or I don't know, I don't know what's going. You should red's stocked up. You should buy like ten while you're there. No, I'm confident we'll turn turn the tides. Our next uh, right. our next forty. Well, months. from turning the tides from a cold forty five, a uh, kind of a low shelf beer to a very nice top shelf beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, very great Oktoberfest. So shout out to Fathead Brewing and their Gasufa. College football is back in Ohio. Two big headlines as Cincinnati opened up their season Saturday with a 55-20 win over Austin P to open up the college football season for Cincinnati. But also the big announcement from the week, the Big Ten is back. The nine-game season will start October 24th and Ohio State opens up their season versus Nebraska. The Browns were victorious in the Battle of Ohio. The Browns defeated the Bengals 35-30 Thursday, leading on the running game as they had 215 total rushing yards led by the two-headed monster of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. Joe Burrow did have a nice game throwing for over 300 yards and three touchdowns, but starts his Bengal career 0-2. Both Ohio teams face NFC East foes next week as the Bengals head to Philly and the Browns welcome the Washington football team to Cleveland. And finally... We're in the home stretch of the MLB season as there's just one week left before the playoffs. The Tribe finally ending a eight-game losing streak on Thursday, but still sit safely in the first wild card spot with a five-game cushion to be in the playoffs and a playoff berth to be soon clinched. The Reds have been firing on all cylinders as they currently had a six-game winning streak end Saturday night, but still just sit in the second wild card spot with only a one-game lead over Milwaukee. 
the OH headlines. Nice. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Good job. Through two rounds of uh, trivia on the show, scores one to one. So really lighting it up through ten questions, one right for either. <laughs> so the first question, talking about number one overall pick Joe Burrow, he had a rough break last week, week one, with Randy Bullock missing a field goal for him to lose his debut. But this has been the norm for number one overall quarterbacks since 1966. Number one overall quarterbacks are combined. 4, 20, and 1 in their first start. Can you name two of the five number one overall QBs that did not lose their first start? Also, these stats are very funny. I'm going to read them afterwards. Okay. Very funny. Uh, Keely Smith, did he win his first start? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, so the guesses are Murray and Keely Smith and nothing. <laughs> uh, so first off, let's keep this clear. Keely Smith went third in the 99. Oh, draft. yeah, Tim Couch. Number one bad. overall was Tim Couch, who lost, I believe, 42 or 45 to nothing his first overall. I knew he did. So we'll give a half point to Zach here. Zach did have Kyler Murray, who did not win his first start, but actually tied versus the Lions on his oh, first did. start. Oh, oh. He had 308 yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Who are the other four? The other four, David Carr in 2002. First win against... uh, He popped in my head, but I was like, no way. uh, These stats, 10 for 22, 145 yards, a touchdown, and six sacks. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, it gets worse from here. Um, Mike Vick in 2001. He was four for 12 with 32 yards. Did have a rushing rushing touchdown. Uh, I believe he was pulled. Also pulled, John Elway, 1983. One for eight, 14 yards, one interception, and four sacks. And then, of course, Damn. Jim Plunkett in 1971 Ooh. was 6 for 15, 127 yards, two one, touchdowns, one interception. <laughs> Jim Plunkett. Yeah, yeah that Jim was... Plunkett. Dang, I didn't even, you know, right. Vic never even crossed my mind. Think that, yeah, we're starting uh, off tough here, man. Yeah, that was... Uh, I, thought, I thought the Murray one, since it was... Yeah, I figured as soon as you said that's obvious, like, okay, last year. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I said two. And then I thought maybe the David Carr one because it was the Texans' yeah. first game, kind of a big game. But I would understand that. Yeah. I only, the only two I knew off the top of my head were, were Murray and, and David Carr. Mm. Uh, so the next one, once again, Bengals Browns related. The Bengals and Browns got a rare primetime game playing on Thursday night. In the 94 game history of the rivalry, there have been few and far between primetime games. How many of these 94 games have been played on a non-Sunday? So this is Thursday or Monday night. How many times have they played? Uh, I'm going to go three times. I can think of one other time, and I'm going to say there was I'm gonna, I'm gonna say there was that one time that I'm thinking of and maybe one other time. I was, I was shocked by this number. So. I'm going to go really? two. Okay. Go Actually, three. way more than that. Really? No. The answer seven times. Wow. So they've Damn. played on Thursday Night Football three times, uh, 2014, 2015, and 2020. Mm. Uh, back when Monday night, the football crew used to do the occasional Thursday night game. They played in 1983 and 1986. And then they were actually featured in back-to-back years on Monday Night Football in 1989 and 1990. Well, I'll be, uh, well, I'll be damned. Yeah, well, I'll be that. damned. Back to the 94 meetings of the Battle of Ohio. Number three, none of these meetings have been in the playoffs. 
Likely because of the teams playing in the same division, along with both teams' inability to consistently make the playoffs over their time in the league together. How many times have both the Browns and the Bengals made it to the playoffs in the same season? Once. In the same season. Trying to think of what, when did the wild card era come in? Because uh, that would have to be a wild card era. Yeah. yeah. Some say none. They never. You guys are both close. The answer's two times. Damn. <sighs> so one of them was the wild card era. The Browns were the number four seed in 1988, lost the Oilers in the wild card. Do you know what the Bengals did in 1988? Yeah, they uh, made it somewhere. They made somewhere it to the special. Super Bowl, losing to Super Bowl 23 to the 49ers. Yeah. Mm. The other one, so close. kind too. of a trick question, in the strike-shortened season of 1982, Damn. they allowed eight teams into the playoffs. Browns were actually under 500. <clears throat> the Browns lost to the L.A. Raiders in the first round as the eight seed. Bengals also lost in the Hitting, in us, the first hitting round. us with the trickeration there. I know. Losing I know. to the Jets in the first round. This is this one will probably be the easiest one, I uh, would think. Now the All pressure's right. on. All right. All right. During the 94 meetings of the Battle of Ohio, this is very important, which QB has the best record in the series in games that they started? So they had to start the game. Who has the best? Who has the most wins in the series? Ninety since ninety four. No, in the ninety four games of the series. So the oh, entire in the ninety four <laughs> games yes. of the series. No, no, Josh. Since ninety four. <laughs> yeah. Who has the most wins? Uh, and this is actually, I found out it's different if you go starters versus someone that came into some of the games. Really? Yeah. Oh, huh. I'm Dalton. Okay, you're gonna go with Andy Dalton. Who are you gonna go with? Dalton. I'm gonna go with Carson. Okay, the answer. Zach, Andy Dalton, oh, wow. twelve and five. I was gonna say Carson, twelve and five. I believe uh, Carson only won. I think nine times. Yeah, I thought, was, I thought Andy fumbled away some more games than that. Uh, so the the interesting thing is when I went through this the first time, I didn't realize games started. Ken Anderson got into a few games. Like there were like three or four games that he just like uh, either did a kneel down or something. I think he was thirteen and twelve against the Browns. But mm-hmm. yeah, the so in the series. The Bengals lead by nine games. The Browns, pre-1995, the series was about even. The Browns were up by one game. The Bengals are 10 games above 500 against the Browns since 1999. So, staying with them, the Bengals and the Browns, though having no recent superstars, as we've mentioned through a lot of these, uh, a lot of these questions, do have some great players during their history. Since 1954, which is when this started, how many Bengals and Browns players have won the Sporting News NFL MVP? So if they won it multiple times, it's just them one time. How many? How many? Go, oh, baby. Sorry. Um, so it's like if Burrow and Baker Mayfield both, well, that would be two. Sporting News League MVP. Sporting News. The reason why I did Sporting News over AP is the AP started a couple of years later. But uh, okay. every guy that... Was a sporting or was the AP MVP was, was a also sporting a sporting news. news. It's just the sporting news goes back a couple of years. Oh, how many for between both teams? Between both teams. What since what year? 1954. So back when the Browns were actually good. But we're just counting like, like if we're not counting number of times, we're just counting the players. The players, yeah. So if they won multiple, then yeah. So okay. if they won multiple, nine. Okay, nine. Nine. Mm, seven. Seven. Very close, Zach. The answer is six. Oh, man. Man. You're dancing around some of these. I know. Damn. So the answer is six. 1954, Lou Groza 
1955, Otto Graham. Mm. 1958, or 57, 58, and 65, Jim Brown. Of course. 1980, Brian Sipe. 1981, Kenny Anderson. And 1988, Boomer Esiason. So very close. And a slow go of it for the last, like, 30, 40 years. (laughs) So the last, you know, 32 years, no one, but... uh, Oof. Maybe recently. A couple good quarterbacks yeah. in the division. Taking a commanding lead, by the way. Taking one and a, a half points, baby. <laughs> no. Well, yeah, one and a half points. Today, so now the score. Two and a half to one. Two and a half to one after three rounds of Grandmaster Greg's Trivia Emporium. This might have to be a 40 bet. What do you think, Josh? No. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I'll, take some, this, I'll take this L and come back next time. Always some wild times in the Emporium. We're talking football. We're talking Thursday night's big game in the Battle of Ohio. The Browns take down the Cincinnati Bengals 35-30. to um, As I mentioned, mostly leaning on that run game. Nick Chubb, 124 yards and two touchdowns. Kareem Hunt, 86 yards and a touchdown. Uh, for, on the Bengals side, Joe Burrow did have a nice game. Threw the ball 61 times, 37 of 61, 316 yards three touchdowns but did take three sacks during the game um i guess we'll start off of course as we mentioned with the bet did have a 30 bet or did have a 40 bet between the browns and the Bengals. a 30 bet a 30 bet <laughs> i mean we could do 30 bets and the browns would win all of them but Ooh. you know uh i think we should do a 30 bet where you have to get like a 30 rack and natty and you have to drink oh yeah oh, no, no 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 we do not need that for the show but what we do need is josh's insight josh I guess we'll start off with your Bengals since you're having to drink the 40. First off, how's that 40 treating you? Second off, how's this Bengals season treating you? Uh, the 40's treating me well. Like I said, great for uh, losing Sunday afternoon, um, even though we lost Thursday night. And there, there are positives in both games, I think, um, that you can take, especially when you look at Joe Burrow. Um, he did set records with a few of those stats that you mentioned, Greg. Um, especially most completions in a game by a rookie with 37. Most attempts. Uh, most attempts, yes. Um, so, and, and you know, there's a lot of positives with this offense. They, they've shown that they can drive down the field, especially when they're running the hurry-up. They look, they look fantastic in the hurry-up offense. But yeah, I mean, they, they look good at late in both games. He commands yeah. that very well, which is the big thing. Yeah, you, guy, and yeah. you've seen that he can command the offense. He can lead. He can step up and create drives. The Bengals had 30 first downs in that game against the Browns. They can definitely drive the ball methodically. They also won in possession by a good six minutes. So they've shown that they can hold on to the ball and create those long drives that you like to see from an offense like this. Uh, but, yeah, there's definitely I mean, the 5.2 average on 37 completions isn't a uh, – No, no, it's not, uh, it's not positive great. positive there. They don't have the big play. A.J. Green looked like a shell. He didn't look like uh, – yeah, and you, honestly, at times he didn't look like he knew no. like he'd ever played football before. Yeah, and you look bit. at uh, you know the top receiver was Tyler Boyd, seven catches for seventy-two yards. But you look at the next three, seven catches for Drew Sample, tight end, four catches for Uzama, tight end, four catches for Mixon, running back. So a lot of short passing. Yeah, but I think a lot downs. of that comes back, as we mentioned, Burrow sacked three times. Uh, you know, lost a fumble on one of them when you don't have that offensive line and you know, it's gotten better from last year. You can definitely see, you know, Jonah Williams and some of the guys playing pretty well, but obviously he's still, you know, I, I guess a rookie as far as playing cause he missed all of last year, but 
a lot of protection issues, especially on the the right side of that line. Yeah, yeah, but the whole Bobby Hart thing needs to get fixed. I mean, you had Jonah Williams out there who threw this two-man block to save Burrow from a sack once. I mean, taking on two guys at once. Bobby Hart on the right side can't even seem to see the guy in front of him. Um, But just to flip the stats that I brought up with their first downs and possessions, on the flip side of that, like you said, Greg, you know, that just shows that while they are taking these long methodical drives, part of that is only because they're able to get the short check down passes and then Joe Joe Mixon doesn't really have a lot of lanes to work with with this offensive line. I mean, you've got to – I think if you fix the offensive line, you're in pretty decent shape. Burrow's your guy. Yeah, Burrow's the guy. That was shown. That was the first extensive I got to watch him. Uh, We watched the game here at Lil G's house. Uh, But, yeah, he he looked every bit the part of it. Um, Obviously still got some learning to do. Uh, There's a few times he took some uh, overconfidence throws, as I would call them. Yeah, trying to make too many plays. Yeah, but 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 that's okay. He'll learn from those. But like, I mean, there's nothing wrong. Like, a lot of times, young quarterbacks' problem is coaches are constantly like, "You got to take the check down, give what the defense gives you," and he's more he's than willing to do that. that. Yeah. I'd honestly, and I mean, I'm he's sure, your guy. Yeah, it's just the team itself is trash. You know, and like I will say the one thing that that can be brought up is you know the Browns' defense has not been great this year, no. but the Bengals were at least moving the ball. The problem is finishing these drives you look at a lot of their field goal drives you know 15 plays 41 yards field goal uh late in the half 12 plays 50 yards field goal uh later in the game 14 plays 51 yards field goal so they're taking a lot of time they're moving the ball some but usually the problem is with a lot of those checkdowns is if you get an incompletion if you get yourself in the second and third and long you don't have a lot of uh, you don't have an ability to, you know, convert any of that stuff. So that's definitely can be yeah. Tough. It's that's the troubling sign for me, at least with the offense. Um, aside from the offensive line issues and the lack of Joe Mixon production, the thing that really worries me about the offense is that they've they just yeah like they cannot get points after making these. They don't long have playmakers at receiver at all. No, thus far, two thus games. Thus far, yeah. You'd think, well, Joe especially Burrow's when they line up in that can, that man. five out. Um, when they've got Green, uh, Higgins, Boyd, Ross. Um, oh, Ross is such a disappointment. Well, yeah. Um, but, I mean, that <laughs> you've got, you've got the threats there. And on paper, uh, you're like, okay, that, that should be more production. But you don't have – when you only have two, three seconds, less than that half the time. And that is part of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, the Bengals are uh, two and five in red zone conversion. That, that's not – good um especially when you've shown that you can move the ball down the field you've got to convert points there um and obviously we had the blown um that was out of or was that out of the red zone uh that uh randy bullock missed field goal i don't i think that was just outside the red no, zone. no do you mean the one to win the game yeah no that was in the red zone oh, okay oh, yeah. yeah they were at about the five yeah. yard line okay got yeah backed up. um I think it was only like a 31 yard. Yeah, it was a short kick. Um, but yeah, it's just like you've got that, you need to convert that. And then some of these, when they're they're right there, you've got these five talented wideouts and you've got a star in Joe Mixon. But if you can't if you can't create lanes, if you can't give Joe Burrow time, you're not gonna convert points. Five talented wideouts. I, I don't know about the five talented. Yeah, you yeah, drink, you're that, drinking you drink the, that 40. He doesn't I, have time to throw to him. I know, I, I agree, mean, but that's not all of it, though. There were several times 
Right, Greg, yeah. you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. There are just several times. I agree there, there's talent there. I mean, there's look at, o- there, but look at OBJ last Ross. year. OBJ hardly produced last year because he could hardly get the ball. I mean, he still had a nice year how, last looking year. At, uh, looking at I actually looked Green. at the stats last week, and I was actually surprised at his stats. He I had agree. three three catches for 39 yards. Do you have any idea how many times he was targeted? Yeah, AJ, AJ Green's yeah. a huge problem right no, now. No, that's I mean, what I'm kind of saying. John Ross. John Ross, no catches, no yards, two he, targets. He, AJ Green, 13 targets, three catches. I think John Ross is sloppy on the routes. He's, he's still been relying John Ross on, has a litany of problems. AJ yeah, Green, yeah, just drops. didn't look himself at all. And that's what's disappointing to me about AJ Green saying he deserved this money and deserved this contract because yeah, he's going to be that. the same. I agree. The line's a huge part of it. 50-50 as far as the receivers to me, though. There were a lot of times where I felt Burrow made some nice throws or something. They just weren't getting separation yeah. or anything. Yeah, and against a, a Browns team that has given up, you know, 68 points in their first two games. Well, and yeah, and that's what I was hoping to see in the Browns game from the wide receiver core is the Browns are are banged up on defense, especially in the secondary, not getting to play their best guys there. Yeah, they got... You had to exploit that, and they didn't at all. No. Yeah, a lot, a lot of I'll injuries there. I'll give you there. that. I'll give you that. Yeah, a yeah, lot of injuries the on the back. Group. Delp it out for the year. Uh, you know, still some guys coming back from injury. No Greedy Williams. Uh, no Johnson. How do you feel, Greg? Yeah, how, how did you feel uh, about your brownies? From, from my side, I will say the defense still has a litany of issues. Uh, still <laughs> a lot of injuries. We'll start off with the bad because yeah. that's that's just how. I mean, the Chargers' play. defense about like, gave up half the points. Yeah. Now, granted, they have Joe Bosa, but that. But you know, defense is. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, but the thing is. You have, you know, you have Malk Wilson still out. You have, obviously, you know, probably three of your top five or six defensive backs out. Yeah. So once you get Greedy back, getting Johnson back, maybe getting some guys, you know, um, the guy that they got from uh, Jacksonville still working him in. So certainly some improvement to be made. Obviously still a short week, so, you know, maybe hopefully next week when they start to play the footballers at home, the Washington footballers. They'll figure it out. But as far as the offensive game, as far as the good, the offensive game plan, I loved it. They said Joe Burrow threw the ball 61 times. Baker, 23 pass attempts. The That's thing that I love to see, 35 rushing attempts. 22 by Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb should never have under 20 rushing attempts. And then late in the game, they brought in the fresh guy. They brought in Kareem Hunt, who had 10 rushes. So, you know, 215 rushing yards. 6.1 yards a pop. Kareem Hunt averaging almost nine yards a carry. Three touchdowns from the from the running game. And Baker, aside of the one mistake, yeah, on the you know trying to get out of the pocket, making a throw. Stefanski putting in some more heavy sets where Baker's been good, uh, allowing him to get out of the pocket. And once he does, he's been able to. I mean, be pretty good. You know, uh, Odell Beckham four catches, 74 yards. Jarvis three catches, 46 yards. To be and fair to Odell, not- he got screwed out of. Yeah, he got the screwed. one. That was a touchdown. Then Phantom missed pass interference call. Yeah, so that was one. That yeah. was one of the two catches that he didn't make. And you know, I mean, four catches isn't a lot. But when Baker, you know, only has to throw the ball 20 times, only 16 completions, but it's you know almost 10 yards a pass. Yeah, it's effective. And I think that's the game that the Browns are going to have to play. If they can get their um, defense together, they're they're a ground and pound team. Uh, you know, they finally have a good. Uh, fullback and Janovich. Baker's a guy that's really good rolling and out of the play action. And then you've got potentially the best two-headed rushing attack in the league in Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And I think that's what you need to lean on because 
that was shown that, you know, especially late in the games, they can start to run over guys. But it was a consistent offense, yeah. scoring a touchdown in every quarter. So, I mean, real nice from the offense. Defense, obviously, some some things to work on. But you at least see some signs of hopefully a better team than we saw last year. That combo in the backfield is... That's killer. That's a great Oh, combo. my gosh. That's it's... what I'm saying. I think you keep Baker 25 passes a game. Well, Max. you can do what that does to and a defense. You run Nick Chubb pretty heavy yeah. in the first half, and then mix him and Kareem. Probably lean more on Kareem, but mix him and Kareem in the second half. I mean, um, when you have two talented backs like that that that's can do be that to a defense, teams. oh man, you yeah. can just wear a defense oh, down with that. Um, I I would be disappointed if I'm a Browns fan a little bit. I know guys are banged up on the defense, and I know it's a short week, but I. I I still yeah, more, you from, want to more from a coaching perspective. I don't feel like the the coordinator. I don't know who your defensive coordinator is. Uh, uh, Joe Woods. He was Joe, uh, he was I, the, I would, one of the defensive I didn't find guys. It, um, I think you would have still felt like from a coaching perspective they could have done something to limit the a rookie quarterback on a short week after a loss. You know, with yeah, I, I think I think makers. the issue that he has is it's a very difficult issue when you have injuries at both your linebacking core and your defensive backfield right is they should have blitzed burrow more and i was I, saying I that thought, the whole night yeah but when you don't have there's a lot of four-man rushes and miles garrett to primary yeah. I mean, he was just getting double teamed all night he still got some pressures at key points yeah he you know he forced a fumble and whatnot but uh when you have you know some more or less liabilities in the back yeah you know and you saw that a couple times some, some mixed up coverage obviously guys you know in spots that they haven't been practicing in for a while. So hopefully it's something that's just early season, plugging stuff together. I really hope we see a better defense against the Washington footballers. Once again, another young quarterback in Dwayne Haskins next week. Yeah. Hopefully want to see him play better. Going back over to the Bengals, Josh. Bengals go to Philly next week. Uh, Philly just dropping another game to the Rams. Rams obviously look good, but... Phillies lost to Washington and the Rams their first two weeks. What are your expectations for this Bengals team, I guess, next week and during the rest of the season? Um, I'd like to see the defense step up and actually make some tackles. The tackling's been lackluster, to say the least. A lot of bouncing off yeah, of the job, yeah. Yeah, um, but uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Joe Burrow handles yet another road game. This time he'll have a little bit more time to prepare for it. But you have to come into Philly ready to pounce on an 0-2 team that has looked atrocious. Yeah, that has looked bad. Has just the momentum. This is a win for them. Straight down. They have an opportunity. Yeah, you have to go in there and say opportunity, take advantage of said opportunity. You said seven wins. I did. So they're off to a rough start. I did. So (laughs) it starts here. It starts in Philly. You know what they say? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Oh, oh boo. <laughs> well, we'll be sure to break Except down for the Eagles. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Well, most of their sports teams, but we'll be sure to break down the Browns and the Bengals next week on 30 Rack. See if the Browns can keep it going and if the Bengals can get their first win in the column. First game in the winning column, something like that. First like W. That. First Just W of the dub. year. First one in the win column. First trip to club dub, as they say yeah. in Chicago. Oh, wow, you're cool. But now, Zach's reciting the Gasufa, our Oktoberfest lager is masterfully brewed with imported German malts, giving this fest beer a chestnut, red color, and aromas of toasted grains with the crisp, 
crackery malt flavor balanced by imported Bavarian noble hops. Mm, noble hops. Noble hops. Mm. See, that Whatever toasted that grain is really what you can taste in it. You can get that nice yeah. toasty flavor. What do you think, Josh? Do you think you can taste that? What did you say? Crackery? Was that a described Cra- that flavor? crackery malt? Uh, yeah, that's what it says. Yeah, Man, yeah, taste the crackery malt. Malt I can smell it from here, Greg. It <laughs> really awakens the senses. <laughs> I mean, I, I can. you see the nice Oktoberfest color perfectly on style. Very well done. And then the can's always fun. Oh, yeah, the fathead guy. Yeah, and he's front. got a nice little, yeah, like he's got uh, a little hat. hat. Yeah. He's got his stein there. He's got his stein that says Zumvol. What does that mean? I believe that means some more. Are we sure? I, not would you take some more sure. of that beer? I would definitely take oh, some yeah. more of this beer. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, we get to have like three, I think, since Josh is. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, we, we get some <laughs> more. Gosh, really did you hear, did you hear the, uh, the, the sound? Yeah, the like, uh, yeah. Man. Well, this can's different, too, because our, all the other cans have kind of had, like, some sort of play on the blue Bavarian diamond thing. But this one's oh, yeah. got a different kind of yeah, they went like red, red magenta uh, color. Yeah, I mean, it's still thankfully got... Uh, it's a nice can. Got the, the Fathead logo wearing the... Uh, iconic. The Bavarian hat. We talked, so. about, we talked yeah. about iconic logos last week with, like, Rheingeist and stuff. The Fathead's oh, yeah. one. Yeah, another, another iconic one, so definitely... Going with the big hitters yeah. during Oktoberfest. And, and uh, our first repeat. And our first yeah, repeat. first repeat for uh, the award. Yeah. The award-winning Epis- podcast. Going all the way back to episode three. Well, wow. Your takes were just as you. bad back then, guys. <laughs> <laughs> What's Brewing Ohio? Guys, we have one of our favorite breweries that we've had on the show, or one of our favorite beers, I guess, that Pool Party Pilsner from Land Grant. Oh, Probably the yeah. best one, honestly. It's... An all, all-time favorite here on the show. Uh, they have a new year, year-round IPA coming out uh, that'll be just available year-round now. Oh, man. It's called Oh Yeah, uh, or Oh Sure, Oh Sure, excuse me. Um, oh Sure, can, Oh Yeah. <laughs> the can, you won't miss it. I'll uh, show you guys real quick here. It's uh, Ooh, wow. very, very uh, big like font. like the 70s. Yeah. Like, whoa. It's kind of got 60s, like, yeah. 60s, 60s, 60s kind of rainbow yeah, tie-dye on it and the big OH on the front. Oh, sure. Uh, new year-round IPA available in six-pack cans from Land Grant wow, Brewery. Uh, another brewery we've had on the show. Sibling Revelry, they recently won a uh, grand champion uh, at the U.S. Beer Tasting uh, Championships. Oh, wow. Hell yeah, represent. Yeah. And I think this is like the original IPA of the like sour IPA we had on the show. On the show, we had a sour IPA called Spoiled Brat. Yep. Yeah. Uh, this is their IPA called Only Child. Oh, okay. Um, it was one of 18 grand champions named so at the USBTC's the 26th annual event. Uh, the four-year-old brewery was the only one from Ohio named a grand champion. Uh, the beer also took honors in the IPA group. Nice. Very um, nice. Another show, or another brewery we've had on the show, and one that is near and dear to our hearts, 13 Below Brewery in Cincinnati. It's their third anniversary this weekend, so happy anniversary to 13 Below. Shout out. If you want to see what else is happening in the brewing scene in Ohio, go to ohiocraftbeer.org. You can follow them at Ohio Craft Beer on social media. You can follow us at 30 Rack of Sports on social media as well. So we now move on to our first of the week where we talk about some of the worst players and goings on in Ohio during Oktoberfest. And this one, we're going to close in on a special player 
from the Bengals, one of Josh's, I'm sure, favorites. Uh, it is right tackle, Bobby Hart. Bobby Hart signing a three-year, 20-plus million-dollar extension a couple years ago after ranking 70th as far as tackles go on Pro Football Focus. Potential, guys. In his two-plus years with the Bengals, he has 20 penalties, 14 false starts, and has allowed 17 sacks. <laughs> so, obviously a guy that has struggled on the field for the Bengals, but has also had an interesting struggle off the field, Josh. What, what do we have on Bobby Hart here? I don't know if you want to call it a struggle or, um, frankly, just some bullshit. Whoa. Um, Whoa, strong words. Sorry. Um, but, I mean, some of his stuff that, uh, I mean, he defended Deshaun Jackson when Deshaun Jackson had his huge, anti-Sem- very anti-Semitic Rant. Deshaun apologized. Yeah, he he's apologized. He felt, no, since no, then. I mean, but I mean, he was even like, yeah, what I said was like terrible. Yeah, Not so even the guy who said it just like, said ah, it was terrible. Really but Bobby that. Hart def- defended him very adamantly for those comments. Uh, Bobby Hart has also posted on Instagram an image of a skeleton covered in prescription bottles and claims that prescription drugs they don't work. Prescription um, drugs. Pr- prescription drugs don't work. Prescription drugs. <laughs> he tweeted how you feel with a picture of a raised middle finger. Uh, and then he also seems to have beef with uh, Trey Hopkins on his offensive line after Trey Hopkins told him to wear a mask. And he posted to Instagram, quote, wear your mask, F off. I'm Trey Hopkins. Um, and then... Is he a flat earther, too? Uh, I think he's a borderline flat earther. So this was statements that were over... Like a long period of time, right? This all didn't happen uh, no, in like a month. No, this was all like in the month of July, him posting this. Um, oh, July. Yeah, this was all in the month, just in one month. Uh, I'd love to go through his life. He said he also uh, doesn't give two Fs about COVID, strap that shit up. Uh, he also posted that, uh, that he's ready to play football. Oh. I don't know. Yeah. Um, he also posted a picture to Instagram talking about the Amish and how they're safe from COVID because they don't watch television or something. <laughs> so they can't get false information. I mean, this guy's just a nutcase, is he not? That's a Florida State education for you right there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> but hey, at least he's really holding it down on the, the right side, right? And I don't think he is. Like you mentioned, Greg, what was 70th when he got that in the league? Yeah, right before he got his big three-year extension, he was ranked 70th out of all qualified offensive tackles. I believe it was 70th out of 72, because if you think about it, two tackles per team starting... That's 64 tackles, so that's in the backup range. So, yeah, I mean, he's great. he's ranked below, like, most starters. He's ranked second to last. I don't know, guys. If, I mean, you, if like, you're a right your tackle, job, you're already the second, only the second best tackle on your team. Uh, that's fair, I guess. Usually your left tackle is your best. So. But, I mean, we're talking about – they always say we really like what we see in this guy, but he always seems to never be able to block. See where? He on the field? Like, off I, the field? I, I, yeah. I mean, he just seems like a total nutcase. I, I, I don't you know. You really like to see a guy that whiffs at blocks and is on the ground or full starting. So I, I mean, it's, a, it's a lot. I really life. wish I could fail up like some of these people do, like Bobby Hart. I, 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 that's what I'm saying. Like if, you went, if you guys, like at your jobs, you know, ranked second to last in your work category, oh, would yeah. you then get a huge raise in extension? I hope I so. Wish. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I hope you'd so. like to. I'll test that. Not everybody's, <laughs> hey, not everybody's Bobby Hart, though. I would not do that. but Not everybody's uh, Bobby Hart, and that's why Bobby Hart is our worst of the week. Going from the NFL to college football, 
We're going to start off with the team who started their season this Saturday with a big 55-20 win over Austin Pay. It's the Cincinnati Bearcats, the 13th-ranked Cincinnati Bearcats. You uh, see. Scored 14 points in every quarter except for the last one where they missed an extra point. Uh, Desmond Ritter, 196 yards passing and two touchdowns. Also 57 yards on the ground. Just, I mean, obviously playing against lesser competition, Josh, but a good all-around game, kind of what you want to see early. Austin P really only scoring against, uh, you know, the second-team defense late in the second half. So a lot of good to kind of see all around for the Bearcats. Yeah, it was, uh, it was nice to see Desmond Ritter play a clean game, 13 for 19, just under 200 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, average 10 a throw. It was just very nice to see him. I like Austin P, but it was nice to see Desmond Ritter command a game. Lead, he was he lead was efficient, team. which yeah, is just he, nice to see. Yeah, yeah. You want to see you want to see guys like that. You know, sometimes you'll see it where they're playing against lesser competition and they kind of their game doesn't you know translate. Like he should have a great game against these guys, but you still you know you kind of wonder. So well, and it was nice to see everybody get the ball too. I mean, you had over eight guys catch the ball. You had over ten guys touch the ball for a rush. Uh, you even had yeah, young Evan Prater out there. Uh, so it was just nice to nice to see the Bearcats play at Nippert Stadium. It was a clean win. Yeah, what you wanted to see against Austin P. Uh, getting ready for you know kind of the bulk of their schedule. Yeah, now uh, you got Army. Yeah, coming. now you got Army. So, uh, as we mentioned, the three thirty game on ESPN next weekend. Nice. Big game, Cincinnati. top twenty five matchup between the Army Black Knights <laughs> and the Cincinnati Bearcats. Um, Army two and zero so far this season, uh, outscoring Middle Tennessee and Louisiana Monroe by a combined seventy nine to seven. So they have looked good. Obviously, um, Army. Runs that triple option. Could be a little bit interesting right now. Projected for Cincinnati to win. But, Josh, I feel like Cincinnati is a very good shot in this game. They're a team that usually has to prepare for triple option, you know, once every year, once every other year with Navy in the conference. Yeah. So what are your expectations for the Cats going into this game? Um, they need to just come out and do what they did. They can't view this any differently from the previous week. You just have to go out and play the same clean game on offense that you did. And then that defense needs to, you know, that the defense is the side that needs to step up and show where Marcus Freeman needs to show everybody why this defense is getting all the talk that it's getting. He needs to showcase. Guy, by the way, Marcus Freeman. Yeah. Yeah, and, the Knights, uh, Knights as him. we mentioned, triple option team, so they'll run the ball 95% of the time. Uh, so far, averaging. That's the problem with, you know, you face these academies, but I, I don't think that's an excuse for UC when you're playing the AAC. You, you, with yeah, Navy, you play, you, Navy. You, play these, you play these teams. Army you're you're prepared. almost 400 yards a game on the ground. It's all about discipline, and that secondary's been hyped all year nationally. So, yeah. Well, I mean, then, and that's a big part of it is the secondary, they don't, they're not going to throw a lot, but they got to be prepared for it and don't get. You know, don't get lulled to sucked sleep. in. But two, the secondary is still a big part against the triple option. Yeah, also, you gotta, everybody's got to maintain. Four, four seniors on the defensive line expect to see, you know, gap discipline out of them. That's what you want to do because the big thing with the option is, you know, try to get good matchups either through the middle or the outside. You know, the quarterback has a chance to hand it off, run it himself or pitch. So it's a chance for, you know, the quarterback to try to find some advantage for his team. So when you close up all that gap, all those gaps and have good gap discipline, you can really control the triple option. 
Yeah, I mean, I want to see Gardner and Wiggins have big games and then uh, young Malik Van wreak havoc at linebacker out there. And then that secondary just needs to shore it up. And I, I think it'll be actually a very entertaining game, but I like the Cats' odds. Yeah, I also like the Cats' odds. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, moving from Cincinnati to, I guess, the middle of the state, but we'll just start with the whole conference. Big Ten announced this week. They're back, baby. They're, they're back. returning. Kevin Warren finally... Starting October 24th, <laughs> the game the games for the Big Ten start. It's a completely in-conference schedule. They will play six conference or I'm sorry, eight, eight conference games, six against uh, your own division. You'll play your division two, two crossover. Crossover, and then the last game, championship week. The top two teams will play in the Big Ten championship, but also all the other teams will match up. So the fifth place team in the West plays the fifth place team in the east mm -hmm. and so on and so forth so expect to see a wild game between Rutgers and Illinois and a rare thing I will say that was uh, reportedly uh, Jim Harbaugh's idea the coach of that team up north so uh, he's a good idea he, he's a moron but uh, give credit credit is due uh, tip of the cap to you that that'll be interesting that'll be kind of fun fun little way they got to get the nine games and um, they really got to get eight I know Everybody seems to be on board with the fact that the Big Ten, assuming there's not some insane chaos, the, whether it's Penn State or Ohio State, the most likely to, uh, you know, champion would get in. Um, I know Jim Bowlesby of the Big 12 kind of came out and said, yeah, they play seven or eight games they're in. But, you know, it's a tight schedule. There's no buys, so they're playing eight games in eight weeks, and yeah, no, you got to hope nothing happens. You know, that's why the ACC was smart, and they spread it out, and everybody's got kind of a couple weeks to play with. The Big Ten doesn't. But yeah. it's worth it at this point. they got to do it. So. so, you know, at this point, you have, you know, the last game of the season showing up in, you know, well, the eighth game would be December 12th that weekend. Championship so weekend is December 19th, and selection day is December 20th. Yeah, so, so you have no room for, you know, they've, there have been some games already that have been postponed. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see that. But I thought Austin P was a good uh, example, you know, watching that. They played, obviously, there's, their situation's kind of interesting, just going back to where we were before. But they're playing three games this fall, and then they're done. Yeah, so that already... was their final game, but they've already played three games in three weeks and no issues. So it yeah. can be done. Well, actually, they have an opportunity to play. Uh, in the spring, they played the right. three games. They played Central Arkansas, Pitt, and UC. Uh, there are actually some teams in the league. I believe uh, it's the Ohio Valley Conference. I believe Eastern yeah. Kentucky actually just decided to say, we're playing in the fall. So they're basically acting as a independent this year mm. in the FCS. So that's what so more FCS teams are looking towards the spring. But to go back to the Big Ten, uh, you know, as we mentioned, uh, games start on the 24th. Uh, I know we'll get into the Ohio State schedule in just a second, but you got Nebraska coming to Columbus, uh, some other big games, uh, Michigan at Minnesota, uh, Wisconsin welcomes Illinois, Wisconsin, you know, probably the favorites out of the West, uh, Maryland, Northwestern, Penn State, Indiana, Iowa, Purdue. So some good matchups, and, uh, you know, will be nice to see some more football on the board because the first thing that, you know, obviously SEC hasn't started yet, but, there's kind of been a lack of college football with all these, oh, you know, all these programs. And I know Ivan so Mazel wrote see. this bit article saying that the Big Ten coming back into play is now creating chaos. Right? Makes no sense to me, though. Because yeah. honestly, this sets up a selection committee. Top had to breathe a sigh of relief right now. And it's going to be subjective. I know Nick Saban brought up. He said, obviously, it's going to be subjective. Teams playing different levels of schedule. But it sounds like as long as everybody's playing seven to eight games, 
Um, the selection committee is going to consider that equal pretty much. I mean, they might throw a little bit of favor one way or another, but you're assuming they're going to make it easy, right? Assuming it's a one-loss or undefeated champion from each conference. Yeah. There you go. Why, you know, there's only four power. Pac-12 supposed to make a decision here. I don't think it's going to happen, or they're not going to be able to get it in. Um, yeah, in time. And so, no offense, they didn't really have any teams yeah, vying I mean, for it anyway. I think so. Oregon was the only top 10 team yeah. that they had. But you look, you know. This like simplifies you, it, I think, Yeah, for like them. you said before, you, you would have likely one of the things, you know, that I kind of lamented as a Cincinnati fan is, you know, with less power conferences, always, you know, there's always a chance for an AAC team or someone to kind of step yeah. up. But you looked beforehand, you were probably thinking – I don't know about the ACC, but most likely you were looking at, you know, the team that lost the SEC championship. So maybe a one loss, you know, Georgia or Alabama or Auburn versus potentially an undefeated, you know, Cincinnati or UCF. Or even a one loss Notre Dame if they only yeah. lose to Clemson. That's a tough one to throw up. Or, you know, yeah. maybe, I, you know, obviously the Big Ten's kind of been in some trouble, but some of their better teams, if they're only one loss, then who knows with that. So it would have been a little bit more of an issue, but now I think you yeah. kind of have your – your top teams, probably the biggest thing would be if there's a team that kind of, you know, went from the Big 12 or from the ACC that kind of wins the championship with maybe a loss or two. You have them versus the Auburn team. You know, maybe a I'm assuming a, an undefeated or one loss, depending on who the loss is to, maybe one loss, it's pretty set in stone. I would say the Big 10 champ has to finish undefeated. If you have an undefeated Big 10 champ and then everybody else is a one loss or undefeated champion, uh, then you got your, you know, you have to seed them, but you you've got your four playoff teams. That's, I, I mean, it simplifies it. Just to go to back to the Buckeyes, the Buckeyes starting in October here. Those first two games, tough games. They're, they're to tough start. games. I agree. I mean, how, now the Happy Valley game, I will, I do believe that will be the Saturday night game. But granted, keep this in mind, there won't be fans there. Right. Yeah, so no white. So there's not. It, it does really lessen. It's going to be interesting. It's very. It's very much going to lessen. The Happy Valley atmosphere. We right, all I mean, know what do you make of the, what do you make of the Big Ten being being one of those conferences that has extreme environments um, at, Normally, at almost yeah. all of their stadiums? Uh, yeah, I mean, even Ohio Stadium thing year. loses the you know Nebraska's coming in and um, you know that's a tricky game. You don't know what you're gonna get on Nebraska. I mean, they've they've manhandled Nebraska the last several years that they played them, but yeah, I mean that's gonna you know I don't think Nebraska. Not that they should anyway, but yeah, there's no atmosphere there, right? right. It's just right. I we think flew across, you know, a couple a thousand miles, but yeah, it, it's definitely going to be. And I, but I think it lends itself to the Buckeyes or a team that you're like is better. You know, there's nothing right. There's if none you of can weird, just go, go the out there and show what you got, stuff, it's we're the better team. The one thing that I think might be interesting as you look kind of through the middle of the schedule because I think Nebraska won't be as much of an issue because it's the first game everybody's pumped. Everybody's. Jacked, I think the yeah. one question that you're gonna have is kind of in the middle of the schedule, obviously Rutgers is pushed over, but you look at like at Maryland, at, you know, versus Indiana, maybe, I don't really know Illinois, probably just Maryland and Indiana, but two like okay teams. Well, Maryland's that, given Ohio State trouble. Yeah, I was yeah, going to say. And that's what yeah. I mean. Struggled you there. probably have a noon game. Yeah. You know, you're, at this point, there's no atmosphere to get pumped for. That is And good then you point. have yeah. some lower you know, some, You're some right. lower no, teams. The, the, you it, wonder if they come out slow against some of these teams. It, you've seen it against Maryland. Oh, I've yeah, you've seen it. And you've seen it even when fans are there. Yeah. You know, when a team maybe starts slow. Um, no, you've got a good point. And here's the thing with that Penn State. At, luckily, they're playing Rutgers. 
after that because Rutgers is god awful. That that should not be. Yeah, an no, issue. like. But the Penn State game, you know, it's a Halloween night. Those are always the fun ones, right? There's always some weird shit that goes down on a Halloween Saturday night. Um, I'm assuming that'll be the night game. I'll probably be at a wedding, but um, yeah, I'll be following that closely either way. Um, but that'll be uh, that'll be intriguing. I agree, though. Yeah, it'll be interesting when you get to like, like I said, I don't think that problem with Rutgers when you get that Maryland Indiana game or even that uh, Michigan State game the week bef- uh, weekend before the Michigan game. Uh, could be weird, yeah. Because those will probably be twelve o'clock games, and nobody's there. It's gonna be, be hard weird. to get get yourself yeah. hyped up. Yeah, I mean, but I, I, I trust Ryan Day to do gonna that. Gonna have to I listen to some heavy metal music on the Sean bus. Wade coming back, you. Wyatt Davis, Justin Fields. I mean, this kid didn't. He could easily said, "I don't want to play this year. Let's just. I'm going to the NFL." I mean, um, I, you know, one of the Heisman finalists. Um, he really wanted to play this year. I. I I trust this team. I don't think that's going to be an issue for these guys. They, they, they're still talking about the Clemson game. We won't go into detail on that, but a lot of people feel like, you know, they got screwed last year. So those guys, they're, they're hungry. They're ready to play. I mean, I think we're all probably in agreement here. You look at the schedule and you likely it's, it's see. It's a favorable you schedule. You likely see eight now. You should. Yeah. You should. You With should. the talent, they should be eight. And if they're not, then that's on them or Ryan Day. There's not. Yeah. They yeah. Should be. You could see a few. I mean, Let's put it this way. If they don't go 8-0 and they don't get in the playoff, if I try to complain, you can smack me in the face. Because they, if they don't, they, they probably shouldn't get in, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much a favorable schedule. Yeah, it's a favorable schedule. And then you're, I mean, then you're facing, you know, probably whatever they team from the They don't have to West. go to Kinnick either. Yeah. They don't have to go to Iowa. Well, so. and if that doesn't work out, guys, then, I mean, there's still hope for the Mac that recently met over the weekend. They didn't Whoa. come. They I didn't, did see that. They didn't yeah. come to a... A, a decision. I think spring They're football still... makes the most sense. Then they could get a nice ESPN contract. Yeah, they for didn't. The year. They didn't make a decision on returning this fall. Although they are talking about a six to eight Saturday. game season starting around the October twenty fourth. Why? Area. Just play in the spring. No one's going to complain. But yeah, they're also still holding the spring. I option. think they'll get a nice TV contract to make up for the lost revenue, which yep. is why that makes no have, sense to me. We could have March Madness and Maction. Oh at the same. man! Whoa. March Maction. A lot of people would watch that too. It's insane. They would get a ton of pub as a university oh yeah you know people that yep. oh yeah see they the don't just rest athens ohio which is beautiful they don't just have see to the bricks, play man. on yeah, yeah they don't see just the have to play or on, oxford uh, or yeah toledo <laughs> don't just have to play on tuesday <laughs> well the glass bowl yeah. the come glass on. bowl come on man i don't know if that's gonna help toledo or akron but uh take a look at it let us know uh what you think about mac playing in the spring versus playing in the fall let us know about whether you think Ohio State will go 8-0, and let us know whether or not the Bearcats will come away with a win next Saturday at our social 30 Rack Sports, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, fam, ham, pam, bam. All righty. Well, thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports today. Uh, Josh, one last check in with you as you're finishing up your last bit of your 40 how's that cold 45 going for you i did it i did it and you champed it out twice i yeah i, I just want you to win the next one and i know you probably no, won't no 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 I you just listen want to you me to... i am a champion of losing sir <laughs> you're champions of life yeah, right now yeah, except all... your life might not be good for the rest of the day after well greg as you know we're all winners at heart so that part i know so uh, thank you so much for listening today. Thanks again to Fathead, Zach and I. We're enjoying Gasifa 
from yeah. Fathead's Brewery. So crisp, so tasty. Very good. I mean, just the wonderful malt flavor. Big fan of it. Josh, it's a shame that you didn't get to drink this, but I mean, better you than me uh, to have to drink the 40. It is. I'll get up to Fathead sometime. I messed up, please. So, yeah, get up there if you can. Uh, once again, thank you so much for listening. For Zach with the opinions. For yep. Josh on the 1s, 2s, and 40s. Yep, yep. Uh, I'm Greg. 30 Rack out. <laughs>